This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's 3 o'clock on Dukes and Bell. I find it interesting. Thanks for making us your sports station. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Hope you're having a great Tuesday. It is Dukes and Bell. This is Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Thanks for listening to Atlanta's number one sports station. It's number one sports show. Coming up, we're going to talk about what's going on around the NFL. Also, Darren Eels set to join us for his weekly visit in 20 minutes to talk about Atlanta United. And, Mike, you know, speaking of Atlanta United, we keep talking about the Braves building on their momentum. Can Atlanta United build on theirs? Yeah, we heard from Jason Longshore yesterday that uh, LAFC's kind of had their own little struggles right now. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a team which, you know, in the past, we kind of look at them as like the next big thing, but they've you know, had some issues being clutch. We're trying to find our way. But I, I don't know if the, if the coaching thing, if that would take wind out of the sails if we go with a new coach. I mean, I know that they – the logic is they're going to go with an, an established coach, although, you know, you, you kind of feel for Valentino and you hope that he kind of can keep, keep the gig. But it's probably not going to happen. We'll try to get an answer from Darren. I just want to keep whatever we got going, right, and whatever's going to sustain it. Because we're scoring goals for the first time all season. So do you think – and we'll ask Darren this. I mean, I, I, don't, I know he's going to say we're, we're searching. But mm. if it's just like with Nate McMillan, right? If, let's right. just say we start winning matches and we go on a little run here. Don't you think that Valentino deserves – you know, at least a look. I, you know, at least give him a chance to uh, go for it. I mean, we talked about Stephen Glass. Now, Glass, as Jason pointed out yesterday, who was our interim last year, had already been a coach at, at some levels, and now he's doing really well at Aberdeen over in Scotland. But I, I just think if these guys are responding to him, it might not be the worst idea to roll out, roll it out. And I do hope that whatever we do, it's somebody who's coming from North American experience in MLS. I, I mean, no disrespect to the big name and the splash, but I think we've seen enough of that. Remember you and I spoke with Alexi Lawless? He was like, just go with somebody who knows the league, you know, and, and just get on with it. Keep it simple. Right. I, I agree. I mean, um, it, it worked with Tata. It hasn't worked really since. And, and I say that, you know, again, we put Frank DeBoer in perspective Mike's right. We're, you know, a goal away from maybe playing for another chip. But, you know, big picture, um, it was nothing but pretty much complaining that entire season about (laughs) what DeBoer wasn't doing. And then you just saw what happened with our last manager. So I I know um, I I always like the name because it brings more cachet to the club. But I don't care who it is. It could be Mickey Mouse as long as he can coach. And (laughs) these guys play and score goals, which is something that has been a problem. Darren Eels is on the way, guys. It's Dukes and Bell. Find us on social media. He is Mike Bell, ATL, and I'm at Put Him Up, see Dukes and this radio show. Dukes and Bell 929 and this radio station. 929 the game. We'd love to hear interact with you and uh, make sure you're checking us out on Twitch as well. Let's get to an NFL blitz. Welcome to the NFL. With news and notes from around the league. 
This is NFL Blitz on Dukes and Bell. All right, Mike. I don't know if he's the best running back in the NFL anymore. Maybe he was on the, the, the mm-hmm. you know, uh, the arc to be there. And I'm right. talking about Saquon Barkley, who is back now from his ACL injury. Derrick Henry is that dude until somebody, you know, dethrones him. He's going to be right. that dude. But I love what Saquon brings. Problem is the injuries have played a role. Here's what he said about his recovery. I'll let you guys in on a little secret with the ACL rehab. It's not really the, the front of the week. It's the back load of the week. It's just getting, building that callus up in your body again, taking those reps. Just not your knee in general, just football condition. You know, you can do all the running that you do over there, but it really never assimilates football shape. My body felt good today. I'm going to go in, get a good lift, um, continue to work on my rehab process, continue to get my knee right, get my body right. The more I'm allowed to do, attack it 110% and try to get better every day. Yeah, you hate to see a guy who, uh, again, 2,000-yard seasons, Carl, 23 touchdowns as far as on the ground and in the air in just two seasons. Remember, he only played two games in, in 20 before the knee injury. So, yeah, he's one of those guys you take one, two, or three in your fantasy league before the injury, and, and you got a team that was kind of noncommittal about the option year, not that they have to do anything, but still, it's a, this is a huge season for him on a team which is kind of a hot mess, to be quite honest with you right now. Do you buy Daniel Jones? No, I don't. I don't. I don't see it. I didn't see it. And uh, aside from one half of football against the Tampa Bay Bucks, I don't know what people see in the guy. Okay. Um, and that to me is a big question mark. I know, like their offensive line has been, you know, half the guys retired. They've been decimated. They they don't have a dominant offensive line. They have a dominant running back, but we're going to see how good Barkley is coming back off the injury. But you heard him. He says day by day and. I don't know. Is he going to be ready by the start of the season? They're hoping. Right. But yesterday was his first practice since tearing his ACL last season. It's Dukes and Bell NFL Blitz brought to you by our friends at Priority Men's Medical Centers. Check them out at PriorityMensMedical.com. We talked about the Saints earlier uh, in the program. As Mike mentioned, one of their DBs retiring. The big news is, is Michael Thomas about to be traded because he's one of the premier wide receivers in the league. He's disgruntled. They're disgruntled with him. Uh, Sean Payton and and Chris, if you can find it, let's play that Sean Payton one more time. This was uh, a week or so ago when he was asked about whether or not Michael Thomas should have had this surgery earlier. The answer is yes. But to hear the coach come out and say, Mm. that's what should have happened and we'll leave it at that, I think it kind of got people's ears perked up a little bit. And then Michael Thomas going to social media, Mike, saying, (laughs) that basically the team is, you know, they're telling their story, but they're not telling the full story. Right. What I don't know what the deal is. This is Sean Payton about uh, when asked about Michael Thomas. Well, look, it appears we're going to have to spend some time without him. Um, it's disappointing, and we'll work through it with the the other players that are here. Um, but the surgery took place, and obviously, uh, you know, we would have liked that to have happened earlier than later. And and quite honestly, it should have. Mm. Yeah, and this goes back to uh, if there is a side of Michael Thomas that he maybe does a better job to communicate. Did he get some bad information? Kind of remember what happened all the way back with uh, Kawhi Leonard with the Spurs, where he was at odds with his doctors, with the Spurs doctors, and how that kind of turned into like, whoa, what the heck just happened here? And he kind of blindsided that team the way Thomas kind of did here. Maybe he felt that the Saints medical staff wasn't you know doing him what he needed. I don't know. That's the only logic I could come up with for what he's trying to cryptically throw out there. Now, the Saints are also allegedly exploring a possible trade for C.J. Henderson. Now, I want to take you guys back. A lot of people thought this was the guy we should have took instead of A.J. Terrell. We took Terrell. Terrell's lived up to it, and he's been really good. Meanwhile, C.J. Henderson is on the trading block, and the Saints are possibly looking at maybe trading for him. Um, 
Another first-round Jaguar who wants out and is going to get out, right? It's, it's crazy. It, it just is. And, and I'll be honest. I think I know what we got in A.J. Terrell. I don't know how good C.J. Henderson has been in the NFL. I know what he was in college. He got a lot of pub, right. but he just hasn't looked good. Now, you could say maybe the team around him is not good, but I still think, you know, even when that team wasn't um, – even when teams are not good, you know their best players. I, is right. C.J. Henderson one of their best players? That's just it. I mean, other guys that have come through that organization and wanted out and gotten out have had big impacts, big impacts elsewhere. I think, you know, again, is Terrell good enough for, for you here? Yeah, I think we, you've seen. Terrell showed you those moments, not watching the Jaguars enough. I don't know, but I do know this. He's already on the block, and they've got to do that now because Patrick Robertson has decided to retire. Bobby, <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Bear came on our show. Uh, Janoris Jenkins, right? They had to they had to move on from from yes. a uh, cap casualty, and then Bobby's like, "We are really thin at corner. We don't know. We, get, we hope we're gonna get one more season out of Patrick Robinson." Well, Patrick <laughs> Robinson apparently said, "I'm done," so uh, he's out after 11 seasons. So the Saints have a wide receiver who's not going to play till week six, and maybe doesn't get along with the organization, and now they're thin at uh, secondary, which uh, again, the world's smallest violin for the Saints. One of the best times Mike and I ever had. <laughs> was leaving New Orleans. We went down for a Falcons game just to kick it one weekend, and we beat them. Uh, it was a last-minute road trip. We decided to get in the Batmobile and zip yes. down there, right? And, and we, we're leaving New Orleans, and, and and we turn on the post game, and we're crying because Bobby's taking calls. Like Saints fans are literally trying to kill themselves. It was unbelievable. <laughs> that it was, was the unbelievable. Game. Jimmy Graham dropped the touchdown. It was the year that Mike Smith. We had one last chance to maybe make the playoffs, right. and I, we crapped the bed the final home game in, uh, in Atlanta. But we beat the Saints in New Orleans, and it was so funny because guys were like, you know, Bobby, I didn't like you when you went to Atlanta. <laughs> Bobby's like, but I had to. I had to be a mercenary. They weren't going to pay me. So me and Carl are zipping over Lake Pontchartrain and listen to these Saints fans being miserable. It was, oh, my God, it was joyous. It was the best. It's Dukes and Bell, guys. It's our NFL Blitz. All right, so the Texans are saying Deshaun Watson is not traveling with the team for the preseason opener. I asked you yesterday, Mike, so is he going to play for them this year? Is he not going to play? What's this all about? If he's, Listen, if I think he's going to play and we got to pay him all this money, and they do, What's the deal? Why why is he not traveling with the team to Green Bay? <laughs> you figured this one out. I would think at the very least, right? Roll roll it up the flag, run up the flagpole, see what the man can do for you. You're stuck in limbo. You can't move him because of the uncertainty of his future. We've talked about this a million times. Teams are not going to give you a, a king's ransom for it just based on the fact you might go away for a year or two, and then. Even if he doesn't go away, there's still the commissioner's exempt list, and they might put him on double secret probation, right? Yeah. So, I mean, are you that embarrassed by things that have gone down with Deshaun Watson for what you're paying him? I just don't know why you wouldn't just roll it out there, you know, and, and let the chips fall and, and perhaps probably a .0001% chance that there would be a reconciliation. But why not try it? I don't get it. And, first, and a tough spot for a first-year head coach to be in, too. Yeah, David Culley. Uh, because, again, remember Culley came in and he was adamant. Like, he's going to be our quarterback and he's going to be here. And and if I was in his position, I would have been saying the same thing because I don't want to give up on Deshaun Watson. And, you know, and, and, again, this is putting aside, if you can, what's happened off the field. I'm just talking about his on-the-field on the ability. Guys, he had a great season last year. I mean, Deshaun Watson threw like 38 touchdowns and seven picks. He was amazing last year. So it's it's a shame that we aren't going to get a chance. I don't think Mike to see that mm. um, because you know the, what's going on. You just you can't hey, put him out there. Whatever they're going to do in Houston, wouldn't it be something if uh, your starting quarterback gets injured and Deshaun Watson comes to the rescue? Ooh, wouldn't that be something? 
I mean, wouldn't that be something? Not impossible, not implausible. Uh, they went and they drafted Davis Mills. That was a guy that, you know, you and I were always joking around about. Maybe we take a flyer on him. But Tyrod Taylor, once again, you know, he, he obviously had a chance in, San, in sorry, L.A. with the uh, Chargers. And uh, Tyrod Taylor would be the technical starter if Deshaun is this, you know, this thing is not going the way that we thought it would. From one quarterback to another, guys, Jimmy Garoppolo said he wanted to stay with the Niners despite them taking Lance in the draft. Mm. And I'm a, I'm kind of shocked about this a little bit because again, you know what what when you draft a quarterback, especially when a guy's in his prime, if you are at the end of your career and a team is trying to look out for its best interest, like for example the Aaron Rodgers situation, you right. know they didn't know what Aaron was going to do. Hey, we need to draft a quarterback, so we have one in case Aaron decides to leave. Aaron got in his bag. We know how that played out. Jimmy Garoppolo just took him to a Super Bowl, and and literally they're like, yeah, we're taking a quarterback, not at 28. Not at 58, three. at three. So I don't know if I would have said, you know, yeah, I want to stay. But Garoppolo said he could have requested a trade any anywhere else. But he said, I, I wanted to be here and I want to stay with the 49ers. The, the irony to this is, if you watch any of the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame coverage this weekend, um, John Lynch said he's playing his best football. Like, since he's been in, in, in 40, with well, the 49 I mean, two ways of looking at it. I mean, obviously, they see the tremendous upside of Trey Lance, who's not ready yet, although Shanahan said he will get playing time. I, I don't know where, but I mean, unless you're winning big or losing big. But you're right, maybe on a, a, it came out through Hooker Crook that this guy's maybe needed a fire lit under his butt, and he's mm. putting more work in. The guy's got the skill set. I think it's between the ears with Garoppolo. You know, not having the confidence to make some of those throws or whatever happened to that. He needed two basic NFL professional quarterback plays that he couldn't make in the Super Bowl. And, yeah. they, and they may have won that football game. I agree. I thought they were. I, I really did. He says, I like my teammates, you know, that I'm around. He says, uh, I think the world of these guys. I love these guys. He's talking highly about his teammates. Yeah. So uh, Shannon, wish- I'm sorry, Shanahan did say, yeah, packages in the regular offense is the phrase. Chris just uh, got for my For Trey Lance? Yeah, for Lance. In your, so Lance in your pants in San Fran. Yeah, man. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I, I've always, especially in the NFL, you, you can't have two quarterbacks. You can have a package for right. a guy, but you mm-hmm. can't rotate guys in and out series after series. Uh, I, I don't even like it at, at big-time college hey, football. But, I mean, when, when Drew Brees has to come off the field for Taysom Hill, you know, a year or two ago, I didn't think it made sense. Last year, it kind of made sense because Drew Brees' skills were diminishing. But in your prime, I'm 100% with you. It's one guy or you're, uh, to do that is silly and gets well, another yeah. guy out of the rhythm. So what we didn't know, I think, Mike, about, like, like Drew, he couldn't throw down the field like he used to. Correct. So now we know that not only was this, you know, a, it wasn't just a gimmick thing. It was, if we want to go vertically, we, we're going to bring him in and do a little trickery with you because our guy can't do that. Jimmy Garoppolo can deliver the ball down the field as well as Trey Lance. Now, Lance may have a stronger arm, but I'm with you. That To me, there was a reason now why the Saints did what they did. If you're bringing in Lance to substitute for Garoppolo periodically or every other series or however you're going to do it, you're doing it specifically with the intent that Lance is getting the experience he needs to finally take over. And remember, guys, uh, we talked about uh, Garoppolo. It's funny. He doesn't want to go back to New England because, remember, it was uh, Tom Brady. We know everybody's in love with Tom Brady, and reasonably so. But there was one moment where he did go to Robert Kraft and say, get rid of Garoppolo. And Bill Belichick did go along with it, right? He did. So, And, hey, by the way, you mentioned it. Aaron Rodgers, we talked about this earlier, but he's likely to sit out the, the, uh, the preseason uh, after all the crazy things that happened in the offseason. But the idea, uh, obviously, in this, and you said, how will we handle the way we rotate the stars? And when you've got a new offense – how do you handle that when just three games of preseason? I'd be curious to see, is it just simply game two? And that's the only time we'd ever see the first team unit together after you've completely overhauled your team. 
Yeah. I'm not playing my guys in game three. Let's be honest. Mm. And game one, does it make sense? How many how many snaps? How many series? Right. You know, Najee Harris played for the Steelers. You mentioned it. So, so yeah, Seven uh, carries for Najee Harris uh, in that uh, Hall of Fame game. And one last piece of information. Here's some consumer news, Carl, you can use. Maximum Bob is out at uh, Cosmo right now, and we are in some books 75, other books the Falcons are 80 to 1. That's so, what it was when I was out there. Yeah, 50 bucks will get you four grand. It's crazy. And it jumped, by the way, after the Julio trade. It was 50 mm-hmm. to 1. Right. And then it went up to 75. They know the, the betters, the gamblers always play the name brands, right? Yeah, man. Uh, Darren Eels is on the way, guys. We're going to talk about Atlanta United coming up. We got Yeah Man, No Man. We're going to get into the dog report as well in the 4 o'clock hour. Lots of college news coming down today as well. Stay right there at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is Dukes and Bell, and uh, every week we get a chance to talk to Atlanta United President Darren Eels, and uh, he makes his weekly stop by the show right now on the WaitForward.com hotline. Next up, L.A. for Atlanta United after a, a good win against Columbus. Darren, welcome in. How are you today, sir? Hey, Carl. Yeah, it feels good to be talking to you guys after a win. I know. Yeah. Nice to be scoring some goals there, boss. It's kind of fun the last two matches. Yeah, no, it's great, wasn't it? I mean, it was, uh, especially we didn't have Joseph for the Columbus game and to get three goals and see Barco, you know, Fantastic first goal with a George Bellow back heel. And, uh, you know, I thought it was, you know, Moreno's been fantastic probably the last five games. He's really upped his game. Um, Rosetto players, uh, you know, really stepped it up. And, you know, that's what we want to see. And to get that win, you know, we tried our best. We gave a silly penalty away in the 90th minute and made it super nerve-wracking for that that last six minutes. But uh, even Kubo Torre did one of the best jobs of time-wasting uh, for the last three <laughs> minutes in the corner that I've seen. So I think he's now a bit of a cult hero who's brilliant. He just used his body and uh, kept it in the corner, which is just what we needed. Sometimes you got to do that. It's Darren Eels. Uh Let's talk about our new designated player. Tell us about Luis uh, and tell us what we're getting. Yeah, so very excited to, to get Luis uh, into the club. So Luis played for Lille, who were the champions last year, quite surprisingly, in France. Um, they you know, beat Paris Saint-Germain to the title. Uh, Luis was an integral part of that team. So I'll be honest, he was someone that was on our radar. You know, you'll have your, your list of potential players that you're looking for, but we never thought he would really be available because it's very rare that you know, champions that are going into a season are going to lose some of their players. But uh, he became available. There's been, a, you know, in France, um, issues with their TV deal and, he, you know, became available at the last minute, and luckily we were ready to, ready to pounce. And look, he's a fast, dynamic uh, winger. He plays on the right, tends to play on the right, and cuts on his favoured left foot, which sets up well with the team that we have because that's probably the spot where we're looking to, to bring a player in. I think, um, you know, he's he's someone that works both ways. And we spoke to his manager when they won the title, Christophe Gautier. Carlos played with him at Saint Etienne, so you know, a great coach. And he spoke very highly of Luis, both on his attacking work, but also they'll do some of that dirty work tracking back, which is also what we need and what we look for in our players. So really excited to get him on board. You know, he's fit and raring to go. He played 85 minutes for Lille against Paris Saint-Germain in the um, preseason trophy that they have in France between the cup winners and the league winners. So, you know, he played 85 minutes. He's raring to go. And it's just a case now of us waiting to see if we can get the visa flipped in time for him to play on Sunday. Right. So it's Luis Araujo. I want to make sure I get the name right. I'll be, hopefully yeah, we'll very well done there, Mike. Nice Thank one. You. <laughs> well, again, Portuguese is my native tongue. Uh, so it is Darren Eels <laughs> with us here, Carl, on the waitfor.com hotline. All right, the $64,000 question. Uh, this, uh, I don't want to be prisoner of the moment, but a lot of fans, us included, kind of like the job that Valentino is doing is the interim. Do you still have your sights set, and how close are you to finding your new uh, permanent coach? Yeah, I mean, firstly, let me say what a great job Rob's done. I mean, difficult circumstances coming in and 
being an interim manager, and especially someone like Rob, who's had no head coaching experience at all. He's done a fantastic job, and I think you can see how you know the players have, have worked hard for him. He's the uh, consummate club man, and he's done a fantastic job. Um, it was great to get the win. I mean, we desperately needed that for the club, and you know, no one deserves it more than Rob for the for the effort he's put in. But you know, he he took the role of an interim. We're looking to get a, a permanent manager in, and that's something that hopefully uh, in the near future we'll be able to uh, have some news on that. So, is this search different than the last two? And if so, how? Yeah, different in the sense, I suppose, firstly, I mean, we are in the middle of a season, as you've seen it. With that win, we're only now six points off the playoffs. We've still got, you know, 16 games left to play this season. We've got a real big, important run coming up now where we have six out of seven at home. So, you know, Carl, we always want to be, you know, making the playoffs. And we feel that that's still achievable with the players we've got. With bringing in a player like Luis, we feel like, you know, remember we did have Joseph on the weekend. Joseph's found his scoring beats. I think we, we feel like we can go on a bit of a run in the second half of the season. So we did want to try and get somebody in sooner rather than later so that we're able to, to still go for it this season. But I think, again, as we're looking to the higher as well, we've got to look for something that gives us stability. And, uh, you know, we know that in the last hire that we had, we didn't achieve that stability we were hoping for. And so I think that makes an important hire as well. So as we're looking at the qualities um, and, you know, with every head coach, there's a number of factors that you're looking at. But I think, you know, having that sort of, uh, that ITIS, some sort of stability, we're going to have a coach in here and hopefully be someone that's here for a number of years. I think that's important because you see that at, at other clubs that are successful for, for a long term, that, you know, that stability can help. You know, if you're always changing every sort of couple of years or so, it makes it a little bit more difficult. It's the big boss man for Atlanta United. It's uh, Darren Eels with us guys here on Dukes and Bell and uh, LAFC coming into town on Sunday. Yeah, Darren, I know that we've brought this up with you before, and just if it's part of the equation of your of your hiring process, not that, not a knock on the other guys, but just the fact someone has experience in MLS and the North and how the things run, because there are some you there are some idiosyncrasies to the MLS you don't see in other leagues. Absolutely, Mike, and I think look, I think the you know, as we look at that, I think the. You know, whether it's MLS experience or whether it's experience of different cultures, I think that flexibility is, is you know, with, with hindsight now, as I sort of, you know, we learn on everything with every job we do. It's about, you know, how you learn from your decisions in the past. And I think, you know, we sometimes take it for granted. You know, MLS is very different, whether it's the salary cap, whether it's the different services you play on, different time zones that you play in, the travel, the, the length of the season, the fact you have playoffs that you don't have in any other league. I think, you know, you need to have a coach that can be, flexible and understands that. And I think, you know, we even saw that with Tata, who was fantastic for us, I think, in the first year. It still took him a lot of learning that he took into that second season around, you know, the way that you you have to sort of have your squad ready to go by playoffs and the timing to a season. So, so all of those things, even if you explain it conceptually to someone that's not been in the league, it's very difficult until you've lived it. So I think that's something that, you know, as we are looking for the, for the new head coach, I think, you know, either that direct MLS experience or at the very least, experience of different cultures that are vastly different that shows a flexibility and a, an adaptability is an important requisite. Uh, we had Miles on the show uh, about a week or so ago, and we're talking with him about, you know, the, the goal he scored in that moment. And I, I'm just curious, when you watch him and you see his development and where he is, we've always kind of known, you know, that there were high expectations for him. But has he exceeded that already in his short period of time here? Oh, I mean, Miles has been uh, has been fantastic. And I think, look, you're right in terms of expectations. I look back to the draft and, you know, fair play with Carlos. That was, you know, Carlos was really high on Miles Robinson. He was someone that he felt had all the attributes to be a top, top defender. Obviously, Carlos played at, 
at the highest level with America. And I think he saw in him someone that was a future United States player and you know, didn't get many opportunities at all in that first couple of years. Um, but he did play in the uh, for the second team. I think Frank, you know, threw him in and gave him his chance. So we've just seen he's got the, the raw attributes to be a top, top, top defender. And you know, the one thing that's quite funny, and I was winding him up the other day, is he scored three goals in nine games now for the United States. So, you know, it's a goal every three games. He's not scored in, you know, however many matches he's played for us. So he owes us a few goals because you feel like every time we get a corner, he's so dominant and such a spring in the air that he you know, should be scoring more goals for the club than he has done. So I'm hoping that's something he's going to bring back from America because we'd love a, you know, a goal every three games for, Man- for uh, Atlanta United club. So athletic, such a good guy. And again, to get the win against Columbus without having Joseph because of that, that stupid red card, that was great. And, and Joseph in the fire, What just for argument's sake, let me put you on the spot there. What if Joseph comes to you and says, hey, boss, I don't know how Joseph speaks. I don't ever heard him speak English too much, but I really like this Valentino guy. What do you say we give him a chance? I mean, if the players definitely are lobbying for this guy, but it, I know, is there, is there any set of circumstances where Valentino could retain this job if he went and rolled out like five or six wins? You, you never say never, Mike, I think. But as I've said, we're looking to, to hire someone in the short term. And Rob's, you know, Rob's knows and understands. Like mm-hmm. I said, Rob is a great club guy. He's someone that, you know, he's on his coaching journey. And this is going to be a fantastic experience for him. Um, this is something that he's got now, you know, in his experience, in his background. But, you know, he knows and he understood he's taking right. this on the short term to help out the club. So I think, you know, obviously in, in the sense that, Rob's always going to be a club man, and this is the sort of people that we want to have around us. So when I talk about stability, you know, the idea is that we can create a, a culture and we can create a team where, you know, we have stability. And then if, you know, we get to a stage where we need the, a, a new coach, we have someone in terms who's ready to step up, who's got that experience, who understands what, what we need. So I think, you know, that's certainly a long term. We want to be keeping those types of people in the club because, you know, great clubs are made up of great club men like Rob Valentino. You watched Ted Lasso? great isn't it love it it's awesome <laughs> it's awesome it really is darren and and you know it's it's so funny and on point i, I just I, I absolutely love it i was curious if you watched it and, and what you thought about it since you you know you know that that world a lot better than most of us yeah carla look i mean it's uh you know not i want to take credit for ted lasso but when i was at tottenham we actually had the first Ted Lasso was an advert for nbc for when they got the rights to the premier league and it was interesting because they'd gone to Liverpool, Manchester United, Man City and uh, Arsenal, who'd all turned it down. It came to Spurs next. And, you know, the, what they wanted was two days in preseason to film this commercial. And I remember talking to Richard Pochettino, it was just before I came out to Atlanta. Uh, and I said to him, look, this is great for Spurs because they want to break into the North American market. If you agree to do this, I promise you no more appearances for a month. So he agreed to do it. And so the first one that was done was based at Spurs. So a lot of those jokes, um, you know, came from that first ever uh, advert. And it was brilliant. I mean, it was so funny. Um, it was a very clever advert because I think what I liked about it, it was the North American right. laughing at the fact that, you know, they understood soccer. So it was the American coach coming over, but everyone was in on the joke. And I think for me, that already showed how much soccer had grown in the United States that they could almost laugh at themselves because they understand the game. It's a, right. you know, it's amazing. You look at our fan base. It's one of the most knowledgeable fan bases I'd, you know, I'd say in the world, they're up there. They know what they're talking about. They know good football when they see it. So Ted Lasso for me is a perfect show because <laughs> I feel like, you know, I understand it from both sides. I'm, I'm almost a classic transatlantic, you know, in between England and America. And uh, uh, I'm waiting. I'm saving up the second series. So I want to rewatch the first series in its full again just to anticipate the second series. But, uh, no, he was a great guy. Jason was really fun to be around. And, 
you cool. know, it's, it's great to see that it's turned into a show and the success it's having. That's awesome. It's uh, Darren Eels wrapping up with our uh, president of Atlanta United. All right, uh, we talked about Araujo. There's other guys that are out there. Maybe Almeida. Araujo? Araujo. Okay. Yeah, man. Luis Araujo. Yeah, baby. But let's be honest, Carl. We could have started the interview with a huge disappointment. And, Darren, if you needed me to double up on my tickets or buy more hot dogs, can't believe you couldn't get us Lionel Messi. <laughs> I know. Wasn't a, what a shock, though. I mean, what a crazy world we're living in where, you know, you never would have thought he'd leave Barcelona. But, you know, this is the, the issue, financial fair play, with the you know, way that COVID has hit certain leagues. And I think we saw that with the, the signing of Luis from from France, you know, their TV deal collapsed and it's meant that clubs have suddenly found themselves in difficult circumstances. But yeah, shame for really that Messi, because I think, you know, it's very rare now that you get a player that just stays with one club for his whole career. And I did think he was always going to be at Barcelona, but, you know, Paris Saint-Germain, it's going to be interesting to see how he does there with my old, uh, old friend Maurizio. Darren Eels, thank you so much as always. Uh, we appreciate it. We're looking forward to seeing what happens against LA, and let's continue to build on this thing that we got this little this little momentum we've got. Darren, thanks again. Cheers, guys. Appreciate it. You got it. Yeah, I mean, right. forty million dollars a year, Carl. I mean, we'd have to you know, obviously <laughs> it would be a little expensive with time to take us over the the MLS cap there. Yeah, a little bit. Man. Little bit. I, uh, I I don't know if I was surprised to see him cry at his, his farewell press conference and then realizing, you know, what that meant to what it has meant to him. Right. Not not really. I mean, you kind of take it for granted that, mm-hmm. you know, but he was emotional in that. Right. I mean, that's conference. his whole life from the time he was 13 to be in that, you know, to be in that organization. Still rumors out there that maybe after a couple in uh, in Paris that he would maybe play in Miami. And that's always been the story that everybody thought would be a nice fit for MLS to get him down here in South Florida. Coming up, we got Yeah Man, No Man on the way. Uh, more news on the dogs, guys, and the coaches, top 25. Yeah, people are going are crazy out. about the uh, preseason polls, Carl. They, they should. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up at 4 o'clock, but Bo Morgan joins us next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, man, Dukes and Bell, baby, on a Tuesday here in paradise. By the way, uh, I'll do it when we do the birthdays in about an hour from now for a guy talk, but uh, meant to mention while we are talking Falcons earlier, it's the Orlando Ledbetter's birthday today. I saw that on social media. 
I don't know how old D-Led is, but he's been a regular contributor to us and a good buddy of ours. So happy birthday, D-Led! Hope they got him a nice cookie puss. Uh, we're not sure. I said he was 72 on Twitter just to be a wise ass. I don't really know how much uh, how old he is, Carl. But anyway, hey, we got plenty to dive into. We got uh, Squid Billy raring to go because uh, we got to give him a speaking part. He's the brains of the operation. It's time for Yeah Man, No Man. Hey, Squid Billy. I think Carl's either on a phone call or answering the front door working from home. So what do you got today? Well, not to be that guy, but I got to make a quick correction. Uh, D-Led's birthday was yesterday. Well, as I said, I knew it was his birthday sooner or later. It was actually it, today is actually my father's birthday. Well, I don't have that on my uh, my Twitter. I'm sorry. I don't. How old is your dad? Let's see. He was born in '53. Okay. So. So he's uh, 68. Yeah. Oh wow. Go. Happy birthday, Pop. What'd you get him? Uh, I haven't gotten nothing yet. I haven't seen him. So when I see him, I'll get him. Well, I mean, I'll like, something. like I a know set of Earnhardt coasters. I mean, something, man. No, he's not an Earnhardt fan, by the way. Him, what my are you dad about, does dude? not like Dale Earnhardt. What do you mean you haven't seen him? You haven't seen your dad in how long? Uh, I think Father's Day. Wow, okay. terrible son. Anyway, what do you got for us on Yeah, Man, No oh, Man? <laughs> well, you know, I got a couple of things, and one of them I wanted to start with is, uh, you know, we are all big uh, race fans. I, I think we might have mentioned this yesterday, but Bob Jenkins died mm. yesterday. At 73. What a sweetheart of a guy. Yeah, legendary. Did a lot of Indy, uh, Indianapolis 500s. Did NASCAR for ESPN and ABC. And uh, I wanted to play something, and I'll give Chris a second to cue it to make sure he's ready. But my question is going to tie into, like, you know, what is your favorite call by your favorite play-by-play announcer? Mm-hmm. Now, Bob Jenkins wasn't my overall favorite, but this was one of my more favorite calls by him because of the moment it was. Corner four, Terry Labonte gets the white flag, but still has his traffic to contend with. Jeff Levine had to come in for a splash, splash of gas. Or a flat tire or something. Now let's see, they're down to four or five car lengths. And a slow car right around Earnhardt, he's right on his back bump. Let's see what strategy he pulls over. Labonte is sideways, but wins the race, crashes, and he wins anyway. How about that? Whoa! Labonte crossed the line sideways, took the checkered flag, hit the wall, and still comes out the winner of the Goodies 500 over there. <laughs> that, that's from 95. That is not the I – mean, I was just trying to rattle his no, cage moment. No, because Earnhardt won that race. Labonte was able to hang on, Carl, but Dale Earnhardt literally, I mean, he dumps him on the last, like, 1,000 feet at Bristol. It's one of the all-time best calls. I'm with you, Bo, uh, because of the moment. And you asked that question, you know, does it matter what sport it is? No, it could be anything. It's just you're, you know, you're an announcer you grew up kind of enjoying listening to and and their best call to you or your favorite call by them. That's all. Hmm. It's pretty broad. I mean, I I still love Al Michaels and do you believe in miracles? Yes. The Olympics uh, beating the Russians in 1980. That that still gives me goosebumps when I see it and I hear it and I. I, I still, you know how I love Al Michaels, but uh, that'd be mine right at the top. But I do love Ned Jarrett calling his son, Carl, uh, Dale Jarrett, winning the Daytona 500 for the first time, I believe, on CBS. And it was great because Ned, Ned Jarrett was lovable and just an old, I mean, old school. Uh, and that was, if you're a racing fan, that was an awesome call, too, for NASCAR fans. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm just thinking back, one of the, the, the best calls, you know, when Monday Night Football had the, the great cast. In the early 80s, I'm a, you know, a young kid. I'm watching Monday Night Football. Tony Dorsett goes on a 99-yard run, and that memory sets in my head forever. It's still, I replay it 
and I can hear the call on Monday Night Football. That's one that just jumps out at me. I'd probably say a no-hitter call as well. Uh, Mike Smith or uh, – is it Mike Smith? Uh, Mike Scott throwing the no-hitter in, in 1986. That's another call that just stands out. There's a couple of them, but I think it's more my youth than it is in my adulthood. And then, you know, calls that I didn't I didn't see, but like Milo Hamilton's call of, of hammering Hank and the home run, you know? I know everybody talks about um, the other call from 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 uh, the Dodgers side of it. You know, I say the Dodgers side. He's the Dodgers longtime play-by-play guy. But I think Milo Hamilton's call also was really great. Well, I mean, the Sid Bream call here in uh, Fulton County, you know, with, uh, I was like, Braves that's win, a, Braves that's win. A, that's a great one. You know, and I remember years ago when I was working with Dusty Carl doing the Braves pregame show. This is an old, for younger people, the network doesn't even exist anymore called Turner South. We found a home, it was, I think it was like a, I don't know if it was like a beer opener. It was like a bottle opener. And it had the call, had a Braves logo on it, and I picked it up and I showed Skip. He goes, "You know, I don't, I don't think I make a dollar off that." <laughs> it was like it was just, <laughs> just another idea. level of Skip to be angry and upset about something. That's funny. You know, the funny. Braves win was iconic, but one of my favorite calls, Braves wise, was when they traded for Fred McGriff, and they had the press box fire, and then, <laughs> and then, then Crime Dog. Because that was one of the best trades in Braves history, by the way. Sure. People forget it. Kind of gets pushed around. I'm not saying it was the best, but it was one of the best. But then it was the welcome to Atlanta, Fred McGriff. It was just iconic. There, you know, if you want to go the other way, Carl, for inauspicious calls, there's somewhere out there. I see if I can, if I can get Chris to find it. You know, you got uh, you know Johnny Moe's like, ah, the checks out the ball. And there's sure. one where he drops a lit cigarette in his lap at the Boston Garden. <laughs> He's just losing his mind. There's cussing involved in everything, but you no know, Johnny Moss. Ah, they're just filthy, McNasty. Ah, oh, they're awful. He's going on about Rick Mahorn, you know, and uh, Bill Ambeer when the Celtics were playing the uh, the Pistons. But that's that's an inauspicious. The other side of it, and that was you. that was the problem with Larry Munson was mm. whether you liked him or not, whether you're a Georgia fan or not. He had multiple calls that right. you could pull up. That, you know, the hobnail boot. Sugar the, falling from the sky. Or I, yeah, sugar falling from the sky. I just broke my chair. I mean, <laughs> it, it, the guy was just he, – he, he just was full of them. Yeah, man. The, the hobnail yeah. boot, Carl, because I was living here for that. But, I mean, just so crazy. We, step, we stepped on their face. You know, Munson's just going in up there in Knoxville. And people realize how one-sided for that rivalry was. And that was kind of a big moment for, you know, for Mark Rick to company. But that that's was a turning you, point, yeah. But yeah. that's what you want, right? You want your guy for your team to be that. That That's what you want, right? And and I think that is also the, the side of it. Like, when you're winning and you're doing those things, you want your guy to go in like that. And, and, and that's what makes it even more special. So uh, our next story actually was was I kind of stole it from our uh, fearless social media czar Knox Bardeen, mm. and he tweeted out about he goes oh this isn't really exciting for me who would like this and I said well I would like this because I'm a Mountain Dew fan Mountain Dew the Pepsi company has uh, it has kind of gotten together with the Boston Beer Company who makes who brews Sam Adams beer and they're coming out with an alcoholic drink. And it's going to be Mountain Dew hard, and it, there's <laughs> multiple ones. So there's the regular Mountain Dew flavor, there's black cherry, Giddy and there's up. watermelon. They're Giddy all up. 5% alcohol, zero sugar. Oh, hey, man. Yeah, and by the way, I was going to save this for Guy Talk, Carl, but uh, last uh, 4th of July, this most recent one, 
I took like a bunch of beer from our buddies at Oconee Brewing. You know, our friends at Oconee have make they're making hard seltzer. Yes, they are. And the black cherry is freaking great. And I have to admit, I've made fun of guys drinking that stuff. It's but I did drink some. They got an orange. It tastes like sun-kissed orange soda. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you drink some of you drink you know, seven or eight of those and blots of time. I, I agree. I know uh, guys think it's like, oh, it's soft and ladies love it. And they do. But well, it, it still is, but it is delicious. It, it, it is good. And I, I agree with you. And by the way, every all these breweries are doing this now. All these brewers are doing the seltzer thing. So it's it's kind of the I mean, trend. They're selling so much of that stuff. That's every, As you notice, everybody has got every beer. You're right, Carl's got in on that market. I, I don't I don't drink seltzers mainly because I don't like the kind of aftertaste that it leaves. The Ours, I can tell you, ours, the Royal Week, Carl, but ours at a Coney Brewing that they came up with. I mean, they really... I'm telling you, brother, if you can find them, I don't know how many liquor stores or package stores have it, but of all the, the seltzer things that I've seen, this one's really, I mean, it's, and again, if you really want to take it next level, Carl, mix that stuff with vodka and giddy up. You got yourself yeah. an afternoon. That's true. Well, luckily I have a few watermelon L's. Uh, hey, man, watermelon L's. Thanks to, uh, thanks to Carl, who, who, who gave me the leftovers of the six pack we had on Sunday. Nice. Who won the round, by the way? We didn't keep score. So Archer. <laughs> no, we didn't. Honestly, we didn't keep score. I don't even think Arch kept score. Did Arch keep score? No, no. Yeah. We just right, we just right. hit. We we had a good time. We had a All really right. good time. Yeah, it was just kind of to be out there and hang out and uh, and chase the golf ball. It's not around. that serious, Mike. Although no, I just no. Hold on, time out. Right, hold on. This is the this is some serious reversal nonsense. It's Carl, not that serious, when, Mike. We, whenever we play golf, Carl and I, you start off and you don't say a word, and then if you hit a few shots and you, then all of a sudden, boom! Next yeah. thing you know, you are Michael Jordan. You're talking total itch. It depends. T- it depends. <laughs> now I knew I knew that I was not going to get into Arches or Bo's pocket, so it was all good. Right. <laughs> well, Carl. Carl's got a thing real quick. Carl's got this thing where he'll he'll putt the ball and then he'll he'll chase it down as it goes in the Oh yeah, cup. oh no, he does he does the Tiger Woods at uh, Tory Pines or take your pick. Yeah, he does that move. But the best part is is when he misses the putt, he goes, "Oh, oops." <laughs> it's lots of fun cuz just to see your reaction when you when you see somebody putt it and then all of a sudden they're running full speed after it. I will say uh I had an errant tee shot on a par 5 early in the round and so where there was trash in the middle of the hole and I, I go to I lay up on that hole when I have a bad tee shot and Arch goes come on man you got to go for it get it over the trash use your hybrid I'm like no no I'm just gonna punch it come on so then I hit a bad shot and I said see you taught me that he goes I didn't say anything you're the one that made the bad decision Chris hit my music <laughs> oh man How'd you play, by the way? Did you play with your friends this yeah, weekend? Yeah, man. Or no? oh, I can't put two good rounds together, man. I killed it the day I was off on Friday when Harry was in. Yeah. I, I shot a 92 and I shot a her uh, at uh, White Oak. And all the trees are down for the tornado and it still couldn't help me. Oh, yeah. You said that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And those trees, those were old trees, weren't they? Yeah. I mean, and good to see people getting their houses uh, back in order and stuff. But yeah, that was that, uh, that storm that came through early in the spring down in Noonan. Hey, man, it's Dukes and Bell. That's Yeah Man, No Man. Coming up, we got some guy talk. Mike is going to fill us in on a lot of different things coming up next hour. But we're going to come back. Coaches Top 25. Why are you mad, bro? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.